0: Welcome to The Mad Scientist Podcast, powered by minorities who are astonishingly driven scientists, where we aim to serve everyone pursuing a career in STEM and teach them that they are graced to dominate STEM. Welcome to another episode of Mad Mondays. I'm so excited to release this episode. And as you can see in the title, it states, Can I Have Some ID, Please? And this is going to be a recording from a message that I gave at my dad's church for Children's Sunday. And it talks about having our identity be rooted in Christ. And then once our identity is rooted in christ we're then able to go out and people are able to see that our identity people are able to identify us as being followers of christ and this is important as people who are pursuing a career in stem it's important for us to not get sidetracked and not get caught up in who the world is calling us to be how the world is calling us to look talk do act But to have our identity truly be rooted in Christ. And then we're able to go out into your field of science, your field of technology, your field of engineering, your field of math. And then people are able to see that you identify with Christ. And so I'm not going to talk too long because the message is already long. But I hope you guys are doing well. And I hope you enjoy the message. And I hope you have an amazing week. Love you. Sorry, I meant to record. All right. So it's them that are going to be leading our nation. They're going to be the next politicians, they're gonna be the next doctors, they're gonna be the next lawyers, they're gonna be the next basketball players, football players, whatever you are called to do, they're gonna be the next people to go out into this world and be that. Uh-huh. And I'm so glad to have this for Children's Sunday. And, but before you can go out and be whatever God has called you to be, you have to first know who you are and whose you are. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> If you aren't able to truly identify who you are, you won't be able to go out and be all that God has called you to be. And so, today, I just want to title this, it's about our identity in Christ. And I just want to title this, can I see some ID, please? So, I just a little... Warning, I just would encourage everybody to just pull out some notes, get a pen, grab some paper, have a Bible with you, because it's a lot, a lot, a lot of scriptures that are going to be coming up. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about our identity today for kids, but it's also necessary for adults as well. So I'll give you a chance, pull out some paper, pen, write on something, pull out your phone, get your notes, but make sure that you take notes because whatever that... Whatever teachings that you get, just know that you're going to be using it later in life. No matter where you are in life, you're going to be using it later. So make sure that you take great notes. Because if you don't take great notes and you don't study, you won't be able to pass the test later on. All right. So when when are we ever asked for some ID? It's usually when we are, let's just say getting stopped by the cops, right? What well, is the very first thing that they ask you, whenever they knock on the window, they say, "Right, can I have, can I see some license and registration please, right? Mm-hmm. And that license is a form of identification. It tells you who you are, where you're from, your birthday, right? And so it's not only when we get stopped by the cops, if you're older, but Even in school, I remember having an ID, a thing with my picture on it when I was in middle school. When I was in high school, I had some ID with my name, my picture, a number, a barcode. And this thing was the thing to identify who I am. And so maybe if you're getting stopped in the hallway in middle school, they always tell you to keep your ID on you. And they say, can I see your ID? And then with your ID, they can tell what your name is, what homeroom you're a part of. your teacher is and all of that and yeah and so even in even especially when getting stopped by the cops they they're able to identify who you are where you're from how old you are how many tickets you've had in the past how many arrests you've had some warrants right but the only not only do we have this identification system this little plastic card we have. We also have something that can never be lost. Something that you really don't have to tag along with you. But it's, you've been born with it. And that is your fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Right? So everybody has fingerprints. All right. And every single fingerprint. All of our fingerprints are unique. Mm-hmm. Even a set of twins doesn't have the same fingerprint. Really? God creates our fingerprints to be unique. Mm-hmm. And so... Does anybody watch any of the crime shows, like the detective shows, like NCIS? Amen. Okay, we got some hands. <laughs> we got How to Get Away with Murder. We got Snaps, right? All right. And so when officials are going onto the scene, what do they look for? Fingerprints. They, yep, they look for your fingerprints. They look for some type of DNA for that person. They look for some type of evidence to find somebody that's linked to the crime, right? right? And so whenever somebody commits a crime, they have to touch a doorknob or they have to touch something, maybe a gun, a knife, whatever it is, a surface, the table, they touch something, right? And so they can, they can look at the doorknobs, detectives can look at the doorknobs, the weapons, or anything on the scene and trace the fingerprints back to the person. Okay. And so they're able to identify... Who the fingerprint belongs to all right so like i said before everybody has a, finger, a set of fingerprints even if you even if you cut your thumb your finger your fingerprint is going to grow back the exact same way okay and so what does our fingerprint say about us so what does google say we always want to google something right it's right there on, at our fingertips <laughs> so google according to google our fingerprint says it helps us it helps investigators link one crime scene to another involving the same person. Your fingerprint helps investigators track a criminal's record. Mm-hmm. Your fingerprint is there for to see your previous arrests and convictions to aid in sentencing, probation, or pardoning decisions. Your fingerprint is also a defining factor in identifying a person's presence at a crime scene, proving they had contact with the weapon. Your fingerprints, like I said before, are unique. Nobody has the same amount of fingerprints. And the thing about fingerprints is they do not change over time. All right. And so the fingerprint is something that helps to identify you, just like this card that you have in your pocketbook, in your pocket, in your wallet. These are your fingerprints. They help to identify you. All right. So why did I choose identification? So when looking at something that a lot of us young people deal with, and even older people, identity can be something that a lot of us struggle with. Whether you be in elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and even beyond that, you can still struggle with your identity. And it seems that identity is something that a lot of people struggle with growing up, and it can definitely carry on well into adulthood if it isn't checked. And so, when it comes to our identity, growing up, a lot of us struggle with, and honestly, it doesn't even matter what age you are, you're still going to be asking the question, who am I? What are my likes? What are my dislikes? We're constantly changing our style. I know I don't dress the same that I did when I was in middle school, high school. We're constantly changing our style, changing friends, changing locations, changing schools. And a lot of times we're adapting our identity based upon things that we can see and the world around us. So for us, we adapt our identity based upon where we grow up, the home we live in, our school. Maybe you got a set of friends. You got your own clique, people that you're cool with. Music. Maybe you listen to Meg Thee stallion Future, Drake, Lil Baby, Beyonce, Lil Durk, whoever, whoever it is that your favorite artist is. Then we got the shows that we watch. And I know I talked about the crime shows, but maybe you got Real Housewives. Maybe you got Love and Hip Hop. Whatever your show is. Then we got the books we read. And then we have social media. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, whatever your thing is, these are the things that help and go into developing our, well, how we adapt our identity. And we can start becoming the things that we look at and the people that we hang around. And instead of going based upon what God says we are, we tend to go based upon what the world says we are. Mm, go ahead. And now. so what the world says we should do, what the world says we, where the world says we should go, Mm -hmm. how the world says we should make money, Mm -hmm. how the world says we should operate. And we're constantly adapting ourselves to fit a mold that we were never supposed to fit. All right. And then for some, you know, for a lot of us, our identity starts becoming attached to how we look, Mm -hmm. the job that we have, the title that we have, our body type, Our career, how much money we make, what church we go to, what denomination. Honestly, it can be anything that we can attach our identity to. And we're uh, attaching our identity to things that we were never supposed to attach our identity to. All right, go ahead. We attach our identity to things and it becomes rooted That things that it was never supposed to be rooted in in the first place. Our identity was originally supposed to be rooted in Christ. All right. All right. But not things that can easily fade away. Like your job title. You can lose your job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like how much money you have. Mm -hmm. Your money can be gone by tomorrow. Uh Anything that you have. Our identity was never supposed to be rooted in those things. But rooted in Christ. All right. And honestly, those things are continuously changing. But we must root our identity in something that is never changing, and that is Christ, and that is the Word of God. All right. And the biggest thing when you're young is because you're continuously changing, and even when you're young, you don't really know who you are, your mind is easily impressionable. And so it's easy to adopt the identity of somebody else. And so it's hard to stand firm in who you are when you're so young and you don't really know you have, you're have you asking all these questions and so you can start take like the things that I mentioned earlier, you can start taking on the people that you hang around start taking on the way that they walk taking on the way that they talk the way that they dress, maybe their mannerisms maybe the music that they listen to and the thing is, that, that may not even be what you like and They that may not be even what you are but right. because right. you want to be accepted uh-huh. or because that you feel that that's what the world says it's okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you take that on and that's not who you are okay. and most importantly that's not who god called you to be mm-hmm. all right all right mm-hmm. and so let's take a look at our identity so let's google what identity is so identity is being the fact it's the fact of being who or what a person or thing is mm-hmm. it's a close similarity or affinity It's your qualities, your beliefs, your personality traits, your appearance, and your expressions that characterize a group. Mm -hmm. And your identity is also a set of qualities and beliefs that make one person or group different from another. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing to put a star by is your identity is something that doesn't change without warning. So when looking at our identity and how to keep our identity rooted in christ we have to first go back to the beginning mm-hmm. so if we don't want to adapt what the world says we're our, what our identity should be we should first go back to what what does god says our identity should be mm-hmm. and so how did god create us to have an identity in him so we first go back to the beginning and in the beginning so genesis all right <laughs> and the the definition of genesis is the origin or coming into being of something. And so it's important to go back to when did you become into your being? So going back to Genesis. So let's turn to Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter one, Verse twenty six. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. And so here it says, And God said, mm-hmm. Let us make man in our image uh-huh. after our likeness. Mm-hmm. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea mm-hmm. and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see that at the beginning of that sentence mm-hmm. God said, "Let us make man in our image after our likeness." Mm-hmm. And then he said, "Let them have dominion." Mm-hmm. So before we can go to having dominion over anything, before we can go to being whoever it is God called you to be, you oh. first Have to go back to being created by God. Mm -hmm. And God took his time to cultivate us. Mm -hmm. And then we have to have time to understand that God created us. Mm -hmm. We first have to know who we are. Mm -hmm. And then we're able to go out and have dominion over the earth. And be those things that God has called us to be. And God was the first person that gave us identity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But when you look closely... When it said, and God said, let us make man in our image after Mm -hmm. our likeness. Mm -hmm. The question comes about who, who are we talking about? All right, go ahead now. If somebody says, let's just say he says, let us. And I say, well, I see you, but who is the us? Who else is with you? All right. Right? Mm -hmm. If we read this in the amplified version, Mm -hmm. we'll get the answer to our question. (laughs) It would say then god said let us mm-hmm. so who is the us that god is talking about uh-huh. let us mm-hmm. father son holy spirit uh-huh. so let us the father the son the holy spirit make man in our image uh-huh. according to our likeness and then in brackets they have it's not a physical likeness Uh but a spiritual personality and a moral likeness so we don't see a physical representation of this but more so a spiritual personality so we see that who we are spiritually Mm -hmm. and how we should look spiritually is modeled after God creating us to be like the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right. So we are being infused with the identity of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we see that we are being made in his image. Uh-huh. And if you look, this is on page one mm-hmm. of the Bible. The very first chapter of the Bible. Jesus hasn't even came into the, the picture yet. He doesn't come into the picture until the New Testament. But even on the first page, before Jesus even came onto the earth, God is still thinking about him. Mm-hmm. And God is still creating us mm-hmm. to be a model of him mm-hmm. before he even comes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. Yes. And let's, let's, let's break it down. Amen. When God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness we have to go to what does make mean Mm -hmm. what does image mean image people can have image issues body image issues Mm -hmm. and then likeness let's go let's go to what those words mean Mm -hmm. so the hebrew word of make is a saw Mm -hmm. a s a h A-S-A-H, a saw, is what make means. And, And what does make mean? Make means to bring forth, to produce, to prepare, to cultivate. So what does this mean? So let's go back to let us make. So let's substitute the words. Let us bring forth, let us produce. Let us prepare, let us cultivate man in our image. So now what does image mean? So the Hebrew word for image is Selem, T-S-E-L-E-M, Selem. An image in Hebrew means a resemblance and a representative figure. And so if we smash that together, we have let us bring forth, let us produce, let us prepare man Mm -hmm. to resemble, to be a representative figure. Mm -hmm. And now let's go to likeness. Uh Likeness, the Hebrew word for likeness is demuth. Mm -hmm. D-E-M-U-W-T-H. Demuth. And likeness means a model, a shape, a manner. So now let's match all of those together using the definitions. What that means is let us bring forth, let us produce, let us prepare man to be a resemblance, a representative figure, After our model, after our shape, after our manner. Mm -hmm. And when our identity is rooted in Christ, Mm -hmm. people should see that. Mm -hmm. People should see that model. People should see that manner. Mm -hmm. When you go out to school, when you go out to work, when you go out to Walmart, people should see that. And so when I was looking and going through people in the Bible, who who is somebody that I could go after or study. And then a person that stood out to me was Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter was one of Jesus, one of the inner three of Jesus. So you had 12 disciples, but then you have people that were close to him. Mm -hmm. And then he had his inner three, his Peter, James, John, he had his inner three. So Peter was close, right? So let's walk through Jesus and Peter. All right, so we have a lot of scripture, so bear with me. So first, before Peter walked with Jesus, he was first picked as a disciple. And so if you go with me to Matthew 4, 19. Amen. Alright. Everybody? Okay? Matthew four nineteen? Okay, so in Matthew four nineteen, mm-hmm. Jesus is first calling Peter. And he's saying, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Right. So in the beginning, we have Peter, he's what is he doing? He's um Well, yeah, he's trying to fish, right? And then but Jesus is saying, follow me. Put that down. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Don't worry about whatever you're trying to catch out there. Whatever you're trying to catch out there. But follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, And in the footnotes, the concept of follow can represent three separate possibilities. mm -hmm. So in the early stages of his ministry, Mm -hmm. it could mean three things. So when Jesus is calling Peter to follow him, it can mean three things. So the first thing is walking with him physically, Mm -hmm. a a literal sense of walking with Jesus. That is merely just being in God's presence. Well, Jesus's presence, regardless of personal belief or commitment. And then two, the second type of follow that's accepting and identifying with the salvation he offered. Mm. And then three that's being identified with him by being subject to the scorn and rejection of unbelievers because of personal belief and commitment to him. Mm. To and when we see the word following, Jesus is calling Peter to follow him. Mm-hmm. If you read throughout and you know the life of Peter, you would know that Peter did all three. Peter walked physically with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peter accepted and identified Jesus with the salvation he offered. Mm-hmm. And then he was subject. He identified with Jesus and was subject to the scorn and rejection of unbelievers, even to the, up, up until right. the point of death. All right. Go ahead now. All right. All right. All right. So we're still in Matthew 4, but let's scroll down to verse 23. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amen. Amen. All right. So in verse 23, this is where Jesus is beginning his ministry, right? We're still talking about Peter. So I know here. All right, let's keep our, um, our focus. We're going to be talking about. He's going to, Jesus is going to be talking about the disciples, but the one main disciple we're going to be focused on is Peter. And so here in verse 23, Matthew 4, verse 23, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Mm-hmm. So one thing we can see that after Peter had been called, Peter had seen the works of God. The works of Jesus, right? He's seen Jesus teaching in the synagogues, healing the sick, and then delivering, and then deliverance, right? Mm-hmm. And then in verse 24, and his fame, Jesus, the fame of Jesus went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers disease and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, mm-hmm. and he healed them. Mm-hmm. So, first we see Peter is called by Jesus, I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And then, two, we're, we're seeing that all of his disciples, Peter included, mm-hmm. is seeing the works of Jesus right. firsthand, right? Mm-hmm. He's seeing the sick be healed, he's seeing people be he, uh, delivered from devils. And then three. So we're still in Matthew, but I want us to go to Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And in Matthew 10, verse 1, we see the disciples being called unto Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And in here it says, and when he, we're talking about Jesus, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Uh So first, Peter was called by Jesus. Mm -hmm. Come with me. I will make you fishers of men. Mm -hmm. Two, Peter is seeing the work firsthand that Jesus is doing. Right? right. Uh And then three, Jesus is now given the same power that he has seen to him Uh to cast these devils out and to also heal the sick. All right. So now let's go to Matthew 14. Matthew fourteen, verse fifteen. So here, I know I don't know this may be one that everybody knows. This is where Jesus feeds the five thousand with the five loaves and the two fish. Uh-huh. And so in verse fifteen it's saying that and it was evening, and his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past send the multitude away mm-hmm. so the disciples are asking Jesus to send the multitude away so the multitude can go in the villages and buy themselves victuals mm-hmm. but Jesus is saying unto them mm-hmm. they need not depart give ye them to eat mm-hmm. and say unto him mm-hmm. we he we have here but five loaves and two fishes And he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass Uh and took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples. Mm -hmm. And Peter was one of his disciples. So we're going to focus on him. And the disciples then gave to the multitude. Right. Uh And they did all eat and were filled and they took up. Of the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full, uh-huh. and they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Uh-huh. So first, we see Peter being called by Jesus, mm-hmm. "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Uh-huh. Two, we see Jesus, we see that Peter is now in Jesus' circle. He's now there with Jesus while he is casting out these devils and healing the sick. Uh-huh. And in three. Jesus charges his disciples to do the same work that he is doing. So now, as disciples, they are now able to go out and heal the sick, cast out devils, and do, and do these works. And uh-huh. now four, uh-huh. we now see that Jesus is making, Jesus is now feeding the multitude with just a little. Uh huh. And then lastly, let's go to the last one. Mm-hmm. It's in Matthew chapter 14. Let's scroll down to verse 22. Mm-hmm. Where Peter is walking on water. All right. So now after they have fed the people, the multitude of people, Jesus orders his disciples to go across the sea. Mm-hmm. And he's going he's to come later, right? Mm-hmm. And so in verse 22... And straightaway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship Uh and to go before him unto the other side. Right. Uh But if you scroll down to verse 24, the ship was now in the midst of the sea, Uh tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. Uh And then verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, mm-hmm. saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But mm-hmm. straight away Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be, be of good, good cheer. cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. And in verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. come. And when, when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So one, let's go all the way back to the top. One, we read about Peter being called. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh-huh. Two, we see Peter is seeing the works of Jesus firsthand. Uh-huh. Three, we see Jesus charges his disciples to now do the works that they have seen him do. Four, Jesus is... Sorry, four. Jesus goes out and feeds the most to the men, and he gives his this to the disciples. So now the disciples are there, seeing firsthand how Jesus makes a way uh-huh. to feed multitudes of people uh-huh. with little. Uh-huh. And then five. Uh-huh. Peter is there while Jesus is walking on water. They're in sorry while yeah while Jesus is walking on water. Uh-huh. They're in a storm. And Peter is there firsthand witnessing Jesus walk on water, defy science. Mm -hmm. And and Peter himself is walking on water. Uh All right. All right. So what does this have to do with? Can I please see some ID? (laughs) What does this have to do with our identity in Christ? Mm -hmm. All right. So. Let's go to Luke 22 verse 54. Got it? All right, so Luke 22, verse 54. Before we read it, we have Jesus is about to be crucified. He's, he's, about to, he's getting taken captive and he's about to be crucified. And so, as Jesus is being taken, Peter is seized. Sorry, Jesus was seized. <laughs> and Peter is taken. Mm-hmm. All right. And Peter was following at a safe distance. Okay. Uh-huh. And so in verse 55, Luke 22, verse 55, after day had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a servant girl seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him said, Amen. this man was with him too. Mm-hmm. And in verse 56, mm-hmm. sorry, in verse 57, Peter denied it saying, woman, I do not know him. Mm-hmm. And a little later, Someone else saw him and said, you are one of them too. Mm -hmm. But Peter said, man, I am not. Mm -hmm. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist this man was with him, for he is a Galilean too. Mm -hmm. What does this have to do with, can I have some ID please? Mm And you remember how we were talking about in the beginning, when God created us, he created us in his image. And he said, let us create, let us create man in our likeness, right? Peter was walking with the same exact man that had been, that he was created to resemble. Mm -hmm. Peter was walking with the same exact man that he was created to resemble. Mm-hmm. He was walking with God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. When you have been walking with God, you are easily identified. All right, and we all right. see that three times. Three people pointed out Peter mm-hmm. saying, was this not the same man that was walking with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Peter denied it. Somebody else says, mm-hmm. are you not one of them too? Peter said, man, I am not. And then somebody else said, this man, surely this man was with him. He's the Galilean too. Mm-hmm. Peter was walking with this same man and, and, and he, and like I said, he was one of Jesus' inner three. Mm-hmm. He had been there. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was called by God. He seen the works of God. He was called to do the works of God. He seen Jesus feed the multitude. All right. He All right. seen Jesus walk on water. Not only did he see it, but Peter did it too. Amen. Yes. All right. All right. And when you've been walking with God, you're easily identified. Even when Peter tried to hide, All right. even when Peter tried to deny All Christ, right. Right. he still right. couldn't hide it. Uh-huh. People still identified him. Mm-hmm. Can I have some ID, please? I know who you are. Uh-huh. He couldn't hide it even if he tried. Peter walked with God and he was easily identified. And my question for you is how are people able to identify you? Mm-hmm. And before when we were talking about the crime scene, right? Mm-hmm. With the how to get away murder, people who watch mm-hmm. the crime shows, what do people usually do whenever they are about, about to commit a crime? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a smart criminal, you will put on some gloves because you don't want anybody to identify your fingerprint, right? Uh-huh. If you're about to rob a bank, I've never seen somebody rob a bank without covering their face, right? Uh-huh. You put on a wig or something. You don't want people to know who you are. Mm-hmm. You put on some shades so people can't see your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're hiding your identity so people don't know who you are. Uh And here we see Peter, even Peter, Uh after walking with God, Uh people had seen him. Uh People knew him. He was in Jesus' inner three. How Uh can you hide Mm. when we know who you are? How can we hide when you have been this close to Jesus? Mm. even and even criminals Mm -hmm. sometimes even if you do try to hide people can still identify who you are Uh and for us when i was asking can i have some id please Mm -hmm. how are people able to identify you Mm -hmm. in romans 8 i know we did a lot of turning you don't have to turn (laughs) but if you want to just write it down in romans 8 in Romans 8, verse 16, it says the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm-hmm. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with God. Uh-huh. So this tells us that when you're an heir, you are different from the common man. All right. right. Okay. So I know the queen just died. Everybody knows about that. If you're on social media, you're probably seeing the jokes about the queen dying. And so after the Queen died, Prince Charles mm-hmm. took her place, right? Right. So we look at the definition of heir, an heir is a person legally entitled to a property or rank uh-huh. of another on that person's death. Yeah. So when Queen Elizabeth died, Prince Charles came and mm-hmm. he now has that seat. Uh-huh. And another definition of an heir is a person inheriting and continuing the legacy right. of ahead. a predecessor, right? All, right? All right. And when we look at the royal family, mm-hmm. whenever we see them on TV, they always look the part. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. They don't ever step outside looking any kind of way. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Even from when, well, when you know you're an heir. Mm-hmm. Even from a child, these people are growing up being trained on, yes. how talk, uh-huh. on how to talk, on how to present themselves yes. in the media, yes. uh-huh. on how to prepare for their position when yes. they do become an heir, right? right go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And for us, mm-hmm. with the scripture I just read, we are children of God, uh-huh. and if children, then heirs uh-huh. go ahead. of God. Uh-huh. And as heirs of God, then Mm -hmm. join heirs with Christ. Yeah, go ahead. And so the same thing goes for us. Mm -hmm. Just like the royal family, they're linked back to their family for being royal. We're linked back to our family of being heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm. So we don't walk any kind of way. Oh. oh. We don't talk any kind of way. All right, go ahead now. When we go out Mm -hmm. into our job, into our school, Whatever you may be, maybe you, maybe you want to be a football player. Maybe you want to be a teacher, a dancer, a singer. Even in the industry, even if the industry is dark, you still don't... You, you're the light. Uh-huh. So you're not there just representing any kind of way as the world would be. But you are there as a representation of Christ. Oh, yeah. And so when it comes to some ID, people are able to identify you. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you try to have... Because if we are the light of the world. Even if you put a shade on a lamp, it's still going to shine, right? All right? Go ahead, dog. Even like Peter, mm. after walking with Jesus, doing the works of Jesus, people was able, and even when he tried to deny it, people were still able to identify Amen. him. Yes. And like when talking about the royal family, if let's just say Prince Charles and who were like, let's just say Meghan Markle, she can't just walk out any kind of way. She can walk out in the street, but people are always going to link her back to the royal family. Mm-hmm. And even the sons, people are always going to link him back to the royal family. So he knows, I can't, I can't just say anything. I can't just be out here doing anything. I'm mm-hmm. royal. Mm-hmm. 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 And so, how are people able to identify you? And even when we're struggling with our identity as children, when our identity is rooted in Christ, we know who we are. And so we're able to go out and be that. Be the light. Just like Peter. (laughs) He was walking with Christ. He was walking with the very person that he was supposed to resemble. And even when he tried to deny it, and he, he ended up regretting it, <laughs> but he couldn't deny it. Amen. And so, can I have some ID, please?: Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. Remember, we are graced to dominate stem. I get, it. I pray that you get it even if I can't get it with you. I pray to God you never let me Life distract you from the bigger picture. Everybody in the city to me like a distant cousin, brother, little sister. I see myself in the young ones when I look in their eyes and feel like a mirror.